Today's daf is daf Kof Yud, page 110 in Meseches Yevomis, as we embark on our second to last week in this Heilige Mesechta. Cannot believe we are down the home stretch, but um, it's beautiful, uh, it's, we've been building a beautiful relationship here with Meseches Yevomis. Let us keep going, we are up to the words, Zimna. we are up to the last word on the third line on Kof Yud Last word, third line, Kufir Amar Aleph, the word is Vaha. Let's go. So says the Gemara, we were coming off of a Machlekes Rav and Shmuel, where the Mishnah had taught us, okay, before Rav and Shmuel, in the, in the Tanoim, Rav Gamliel had given us a statement. Rav Gamliel said that if this Ketana does Mion, as a Ketana, Beseder. So Mion worked, no problem whatsoever. But what happens in the following case? Where two brothers marry two sisters. The older brother married a gedola. The younger brother married a katana. The older brother dies childless. So now you have the younger brother married to a katana. And her sister is falling in Ibum to the husband. Which you can't be married to two sisters. There's an Arias. But perhaps there's a way around this. By having her do mion. Then she was never married to, to the younger brother. And then the older sister could do the mitzvah of Ibum. Okay? So Gamil said that if the younger sister did not do Mion, all you need to do is wait for her, the, the older sister should wait for her to become a Gedola. Wait, once the younger sister becomes a Gedola, she has a biblical marriage. And then... The older sister is scot-free. She doesn't need Yibam or Chalitza. Okay? That led us on to a conversation, a machlekas between Rav and Shmuel, about an original marriage. Um, you know, if there was an issue with the original marriage, and then after that original marriage, he has relations, whether that relation is going to be considered an act of Kedushin or not. We had a machlekas Rav and Shmuel, and the Gemara now is going to question whether it's possible to explain that machlekas if we know that nobody... Uh, argues about the same thing twice, that we're, there wouldn't be a point to that. And the Gemara is now going to ask, this same dispute that we just came out with Rabin Shmuel actually was already been argued about in a different point. It came out in a different way. And therefore, we're going to have a problem where you're going to have a redundant dispute. Let's get going. Rabin Shmuel already argued. How do you know that? Because we learned. Kinsha al Let's say you have a fellow who marries... Now, Kidsha is step one of marriage. He acquires a woman conditionally. Okay. What's the condition? I'm marrying you on condition that you wear a yellow shoe. Fine. Rashi. You, I, I'm just making up a case. On condition you wear a yellow shoe. If you wear a yellow shoe, then we're married. If you don't wear a yellow shoe, we're not married. That's okay. He marries her on, on condition. Now, the, Rashi gives other examples. The last, you know, the fourth line in Rashi says, Al On condition that you don't have any oaths or vows or you don't have a blemish. Okay, fine. He makes a condition. And then what happens? The condition's not fulfilled. Turns out she doesn't wear a yellow shoe. Turns out she has oaths and vows. So Rab says, Rab says, still, you still need a get. Now, if you're going to say you need a get, that means that the marriage worked. And Shmuel says, no, the marriage didn't work. All right, now what's the machlekas? Here we go. Rab says, you still need a get, even though the condition wasn't met. Since... He married her. So he, there, there's an automatic mechila. There's an automatic forgiveness, even though the condition isn't met. Okay, fine. So me, meaning like this. Here's what happened. You have a guy who marries a woman conditionally, and then he goes and he has relations with her. Says Rav, as soon as you have relations with her, if it hasn't been met, the condition, you're not going to do that. You're not going to have relations with her if the condition hasn't been met. Unless you were Michael, the condition. It must be the whole thing's valid. There's an automatic assumption you're not going to go into relations with her until 
you know that all your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted. Says no. When they had relations, it was based upon the original contingent, conditional marriage. Okay? And therefore there's not an automatic mechila. So you see an incredible, an incredible situation here where you have the machlaikas that we seem to think that we had yesterday. That we're having a, uh, we have a machlekas about when a person has relations, whether it's going back on the original marriage or not. And if that is true, why would Rabbi Shmuel argue about the same thing twice? Says the Gemara, I'll tell you why. It actually is the same machlekas twice. However, each one's got a novel idea. Each one has a chiddish. And let's explain. Tzricha, we do, it, both the same machlekas, but we need the two disputes. it marahi. If we only would have given the case that we just mentioned, where you have a man who does kedushin on a woman with a tanai and hasn't been met, Rav said it's still a valid marriage because we assume automatic mechila. I'll say it like this: Only in this case does Rav say there's mechila mishum deikatana because there was a tanai. And since he had relations, and when he had relations, did he mention that the stipulation is dependent, the condition is dependent, that the relations is dependent on that? No, he didn't mention it. The fact that you didn't, the lack of mentioning it at the time of relations is a proof that you don't really care about the condition and therefore the whole thing's valid. But by a katana, Ema, where you, first he was married to a minor, and then after she becomes a gadayla, he has relations with her. Ema might I would say he agrees with Shmuel that maybe just because he has relations with her, it doesn't necessarily create a you know a, a solid biblical marriage. And if he would have only said the machlekes by a ketana who became a gadayla, I would say over that's where Shmuel says that he you know that he he doesn't need it to go back on the original marriage. Why doesn't he intend to go back to the original marriage? Because he doesn't need it to become biblical. He's fine being in a marriage, they're abundant, in a rabbinical marriage. But maybe by the case of the Tanai, he wants the condition. Maybe he would agree with Rav that, listen, if he, after the Kedushan, if he's going to go have relations with her without mentioning the condition, maybe he would agree that there's an automatic Mechila, Tzricha, therefore both Machleksin are needed. Beautiful. Okay, so Rab and Shmuel have a double, you know, they're both consistent with their own reasoning in two different cases, and each case has its own logical reason why it needs to be mentioned. Gavag. Says the Gemara Vaiter. Umiyama Rav, is it, would Rav really say, ki ba'al in ilai ba'alai, that if they had relations, again, what was the case? You have a husband who marries, you have a man who marries a kitana, Okay. Then she becomes a gadayla, and they have relations. So, did Rav really say that if he had relations, then it becomes, it's like solidifies the original marriage. And if he doesn't have relations afterwards, it's remaining a rabbinic marriage. There was a story that took place in the city of Neresh. You had a case of a young girl who got married as a katana of a godla. She got older. And she, Abi Kursaya is just, a, you know, it's just an expression of, we'll call it again, the Kala chair. She was, she was sat on a Kala chair. She's ready to go into Chuppah. Another guy comes, about to go into Chuppah. Yeah, she's sitting on her big white chair. Somebody comes along, and he takes her away. Meaning, he says, ah, you know what, I'm going to marry her. So again, there was a girl who had a katana who had kedushin. Then she becomes a gedayla. She's about to enter nesuin with her husband. Another guy convinces her to to run away. It's called elope. Is that what it is? Run off with me. achrina Okay. The Rav Bruna of Rav Hanan al Tamide the Rav Rav Bruna and Rav Hanan who are students of Rav have a They they were there. Yeah, you hear it. They were at this chasna. And they held that she's not married to the second guy. Because she already had a kedushin to the first guy. Now if they held, you do not need a get from the second guy. That seems to be Shita Shmuel. That seems to be Shmuel's opinion. That already biblically 
she was married as a Gedoyla, even without Bia. Because that's why you don't need to get from this guy. This guy put a ring on her finger and ran off with her, but it doesn't matter. She's already a married woman. That's Shita Shmuel. So how can you tell me Rav argues on Shmuel? If Rav's students were right there, and they didn't seem to stick up for their Rebbe's approach. Amar Rav Papa, Rav Papa says, Neresh, in the city of Neresh, Minsav Nesivi, first they would, they got married in a different pattern. Minsav Nesivi, first they would have relations. The Hadar, and afterwards, Maisve Abe Korsaya. Then afterwards, they would sit her on the college chair to get ready for Chuppah. And even in such a case, Rav would agree the second marriage is nothing. Because again, she already had relations with the first husband. And when once you have relations with the first husband, it consummated the marriage. And nobody would hold that you need to have a get from the second guy who, uh, who she eloped with. Ravashi Omar, Ravashi says, Who also like a Hagen? Listen, you know what? Maybe they agree. Maybe they agree with Rav. And you, usually they would say, you do. You know, and usually, they, yeah, maybe they would agree with Rav. And usually we would say that a get would be needed. However, this second guy acted Shalaika Hagen in an improper way. You have a girl ready to be married. And you go ahead, mamish, under those circumstances and you convince her to run off with you. Terrible. You know what? When you do that, you want to play games like that? We'll, we'll play games with you, say the Rabbanim. Therefore, Asubai Shalaika Hagen. Yeah, they put added chumras on him. They also dealt with him in a way that they usually don't deal with most people. And the reason why you don't need a get, you know why? Listen to this. Since every marriage is dependent on the Rabbanon, the Rabbanon said, guess what? When you put a ring on her finger, you say, it didn't work. It didn't work. We're not allowed, and hence, since they didn't allow it to work, that's why you don't need a get. But usually, in a regular circumstance, a get absolutely would be needed. But same as Hefker, Bezdin, Hefker, the same way financially, monetarily, Bezdin has a right to remove someone's property from their domain. Bezdin has a right. The Rabban have a right to remove someone's Kedushin. Uproot someone's Kedushin. They uprooted the second guy's Kedushin. And that's why she didn't need to get from him. Amalei Ravina Ravashi. Ravina says to Ravashi, this makes sense, when she married rabbinically. Okay? When they marry, I'm sorry. Not rabbinically. When they marry with money. Okay. Because if you marry with money, there are bonon, then we include Hefker, Bezdin, Hefker. The Rabbanon would say it was never your money that you gave her. Kiddush Bebiya Mai. What about Bia? As the Gemara says, yeah, yeah. The Rabbanon can uproot a Bia marriage too. Right? We know a woman could be acquired in three ways. Kesef, money, shtar, document, and Bia. You know the famous story of Rabbi Kiva Eger. This is a little bit on the flip side. It was uh, incredible. Huh? With a divorce. Yeah, incredible Misa. With Rabbi Akiva Eger. You know, the Mishnah tells us you could acquire a woman in three ways. With Kesef, with money, shtar, document, bia, and relations. The kind of atzma, she acquires her rights back with, with uh, get, with a divorce document, umisa sabal. Or if the husband dies, she can also remarry. So there's a story with Rabbi Akiva Eger where there was a, a fellow who was keeping his wife as an aguna. He refused to give her a get. So Rabbi Kiva Eger got this guy pulled into his house. This guy didn't want to, you know, deal with anything, whatever. Finally, he came in front of Rabbi Kiva Eger. Rabbi Kiva Eger said, listen, the Mishnah says a woman acquires herself back in two ways. Either with get or misa sabal. Take your pick. So the guy laughs at him and he turns and he walks out of the room. He opens the door of Rabbi Kiva Eger's home, takes one step down, and he collapses. Kicks the bucket, see you later. Dead. Rabbi Kiva Eger calls the wife over, he says, you're free. That's it. Don't mess with the Rabbana. Don't mess with the Rabbana. <laughs> Question. Yeah. I, I know there's a good answer. I'm missing something here. But why doesn't Bezdin today, with all these Agunas and Rishayim who won't give their wives Gittin, why isn't Bezdin Mavkia the Kedushin the Mafreya to free these Agunas? Uh-huh. I don't know. It's not a simple answer. I, I'm sure it's not. It's, yeah. I'm not sure. You're saying because even the heterium that they have of Heter Meir Rabbanon is using a, 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 Yeah. And that, that, yeah, that's removing the Kherim. Right. That's, that's removing the Kherim. But why not be Mavkia the guy's Kedushin 
with the woman to begin with. Right. So now she's yeah. I don't know. I gotta look into. It. Maybe we feel we don't have that kayak of 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 um, rabbanim. You know, man. Maybe I have to look into. It. It's a good. I don't know. It's a good point. All right. Amr Vidu Marav. Amr Vidu Mashmul. I'm sorry. Saying to the Gemara, same thing. Shavinu Rabbanon the Bilas Bilasnos. The same way the Rabbanon say, you know, the money you gave her is not a marriage. So to over here, if they get married with Bia, they'll say your Bia was just Nos. I'm reviewing Mashmul. Allah Rabbi Eliezer. Halacha is like Rabbi Eliezer. Okay, that original opinion, not like Rabbi Gamliel. Meaning that if let's say you have two brothers married to two sisters, and the older sister is a Gedayla, and she falls in Yibam to the younger brother, will tell the younger sister to do Mion and allow that couple to now perform Yibam. Rabbi Lazar also says the halacha is like Rabbi Eliezer, that we will guide the younger sister to perform Yibam so that the mitzvah of Yibam with her older sister and current husband can be performed. Mamish incredible. Okay. Next, Mishnah. Here we go. If you have a fellow who's married to two girls, two orphans, now means that their fathers had no rights to their marriage, okay? And they are ketanim. Fine. So he's married to two girls. They're, they're, uh, they're not sisters. They're separately married off. Midrabanon to him. And he's got these two wives. Okay. Now, what's important to note here is that these are two rabbinic marriages. This guy is in two rabbinic marriages. Umes. And then he dies from his rabbinic marriage. So now here's the deal. Here's what's unique. He's childless and he's got a brother. So Yibum is a da'oraisa thing. It's a, it's a biblical thing. But their whole marriage was only a rabbinical marriage. Can you have girls fall from a rabbinical marriage to a biblical mitzvah? Okay. We say yeah. The Bi or Chalitza of one of them is going to remove the other one from any sort of obligation. The same thing would hold true if, she was, if they weren't Ketanim, if they were Cherish, deaf mute. Ketana Becharashas. What happens if one wife was a Ketana and the other wife was a Cherashas? The Bi of one of them does not patter up the Tzara. This is interesting. Okay? Because previously, in the other cases, they both had the same weakness, we'll call it. Okay? They were both either Ketanim, or they were both Chareshes. Apparently, if one was a Ketana, and one is a Chareshes, we're going to say that each one has to be viewed a little bit differently. And if Yibam Rechalitza is done on the Ketana or the Chareshes, the other one's not automatically scot-free. You're going to have to work with each one independently. Pikachas v'chireshes. Let's say he was married to a... One woman was a pikeach. Now over here, obviously, we're dealing with she's not a ketana. Because a ketana is not considered to be a pikeach. He needs somebody who has das. So he's married to a halachic adult woman. And a woman who is a deaf mute. And then he dies childless. Yes, they could both be 60 years old. They could both be 60, but one's a chareshes, so it's a rabbinic marriage, because of the lack of ability to be acquired, and one is a biblical marriage, because it's a regular 60-year-old. The bia of the pikeach paters up the chareshes. She's certainly off the hook, because she had, we'll call it a lower level of connection, only a rabbinic connection. So, so the bia, or yeah, the, the, the relations with the pikeach certainly will remove the obligation of Chareshes. However, if you choose to have relations with the Chareshes, that does not patter up the Pikachas, because she has a much stronger bond to the Yavam. That by the Yavam marrying the Chareshes is not going to completely sever the Pikachas' relationship. You understand? Pikachas is a biblical marriage, so it's going to take a lot more to... You can't say the relations with the rabbinic marriage can completely sever the biblical marriage. Let's say he was married, this childless guy who dies, was married to a 60-year-old and a 10-year-old. So if you do Yibam on the Gedayla, the 10-year-olds who only had a rabbinic connection is out of here. But the Bia the Gedayla does not patter up the Gedayla for the same reason. Okay, fine, very good. 
Says the Gemara. Just a basic question, and that is, if you look at our Mishnah, our Mishnah seems to imply that even by rabbinic marriages, there's a concept of Yibam. Ketana, Chareshes, there's this concept of Yibam. Says the Gemara, one second. The Chareshes Bas Chalitzahi is a Chareshes, a daughter of Chalitza? Is there a possibility of Chalitza for a deaf mute? If you have a Cherish, a deaf mute that does the Chalitza, the male. Or she has Yibam done to her. Or even if it's from a Katan, we say it's not kosher. So why are we saying over here that if you have a wife who's a Cherish, it's going to be valid? And the question is going to be primarily on the case where you have two Cherishes. Two wives, both wives are chareshes. You did on one, the other one's putter. Why? We said it's klum, it's nothing. Right? It's puzzle, nothing happened. It's talking about when you have yibum with one, not when you have chalitza. When you do yibum with one, then the other one's putter. But not when you do chalitza. Apparently yibum kuruk, but chalitza. Rabba Marabba says, if you take my chalitza, you know, you can even say it's going on the chalitza. Kamba chareshes me kara. One's talking about where she was a deaf mute at the time she got married originally. Kamba bikachas vachachachachas chashal. Okay, it's talking about where she was first to bikachas and then she became nisharsha. So chareshes me kara, the woman who's always been a chareshes, ki hechi di al hachi nafak. The same way she came in, midrabonon, she goes out midrabonon. But let's say she came into the marriage as a pikachas, totally no, you know, totally mentally competent, and then she becomes a, a chareshes. You can't do chalitz anymore. You know why? Demi akva ba kirya. Okay, because we have an issue with the chalitza. You got to say the psukim, and she's a deaf mute. She's now a mute. She's not capable of. Uh, she's not capable of saying the psukim. She's biblically married. She needs a biblical chalitza. It's not going to work. So like this. If she was rabbinically married, you can get out with a rabbinical chalitza. Okay, beseder. Listen, we'll say, listen, you know, you can't say the psukim or whatever. But when you're dealing with biblical, we got a problem. Okay. Says the Gemara one second. So God, let, let's, let's review this. Rabbah's approach is that you can have a case of a deaf mute where a chalitza is valid. And what's going to be that case? Where she's always been. And you can have a case of a chareshes where it's not valid, and that is where she hasn't always been a chareshes. She, when she first got married, she actually was completely mentally, she was, she was completely competent. She was a pikachas. She became a chareshes. That's where we say the chalitza is not valid. Okay. Esrei Abai. Sabai has a challenging question on Rabbi. He says, one second. The chareshes may ikara bas chalitza. You're going to tell me that if she's always been a chareshes, so you could do a valid chalitza, but tonight we learned in a Mishnah. Let's say the two brothers. Ready for this? Our case was... The two wives. Let's say you have two brothers. One brother is a pikeach. There's no issues, no health issues. And one's a cherish. One's a deaf mute. And these two brothers are both married. Unrelated women. One is a pikachas and one is a chareshes. Now Rashi here explains that the two pikchim are married to each other and the two chareshes are married to each other. Fine. So now, here's what happens. Again, so far there's no problem. We have, uh, you have, uh, this is a classic case, right? You have a healthy man, marries a healthy woman. He's got a brother who's a deaf mute. He finds a nice shidduch of another deaf mute. So far, so good. Now what happens is, the one who's a deaf mute dies. The husband. The husband who's a deaf mute dies. So what are we left with? A deaf mute widow who's now falling in Yibum to a Pikeach. Okay. So what do we do? Mayasa Pikeach Baal Pikachas. What do we do? What should the Pikeach do? Kindness. You know what he should do? He should marry her. Marry her. Why? Says Rashi. You know why? Because. If you have relations with her, you fulfill the mitzvah of Yibam. Relations, you don't need to do anything other than relations. Chalitza is going to have all the psukim necessary, and she can't say psukim. 
So the psukim are going to stand in a way. When you do yibum, you don't have to say any psukim. She doesn't have to say anything. So the etza is just do yibum, and now you're married to one one woman who's you know uh, um, physically and mentally there, and then she's a pikeach, and other and your other wife's a chareshes. They're not related. There's no problem. The imrata, and if he wants lahaitzi, gaitzi. If he wants afterwards, he can give a regular get because. Here's what you do. Marry her and then give her a get if you don't want to be married to her. Because to give her a get, you don't need her das. You don't need her to say anything. All we're recommending you do is circumvent the chalitza. That's all we're recommending. Brilliant. Let's say the pikeach dies. That was all if the cherish died, right? The deaf mute guy died. Let's say the healthy pikeach Passed away. Baal Pikachas, the husband of the Pikachas. So, so now we have a couple who are deaf mutes and a widow who's a Pikachas waiting for Yibu. So, what should he do? I'll tell you what to do. Kindness. He should marry her, meaning he should do Yibu. Why not? Well, why can't he do Chalitza? Same problem. But he could do Yibu, he could have relations. So kindness, the Enoi Maitzi But here's the thing. Once he does, once he marries her, Enoi Maitzi Li'ilam. Okay, here's the reason why. You ready for this? Because he's connected to her with a biblical Zika, and his get is only going to be rabbinic. You hear this? So his Yibum is biblical, but his get is only going to be rabbinic, and a rabbinic get cannot break a biblical bond. My love becharashas me'ikar. Now we're assuming now, says the Gemara, we're dealing with a woman in the first case, right, when she was the widow, she's always been a charashas, and still we said, v'katani kindness in, that he could marry her. So you see that yibum could be done with a chareshes. Gavaldic, great point. Says the Gemara, top of Amr Beis, but to do chalitza, it's not possible. So now here's the question on Rabba. Rabba said, you could do chalitza on somebody who's always been a chareshes. And here we see, there's no such thing. You cannot do chalitza with somebody who's always been a chareshes. You got to do yibum. Says the Gemara, no question on Rabba. You know why? You're assuming she's always been a Chareshes. Well, let me tell you something. Maybe, the, how do you know? All we said was that she's a Chareshes at the time that her Cherish husband died. Hey, no, she's always been like that. Maybe she was acquired as a Pikachas. And therefore, you have no proof. Different case than Rabba. Okay, fine. So we're pretty much back to square one. Back to square one means... Rabbah's sticking to his guns. He's got his opinion that you're allowed to do chalitza with somebody who's always been a chareshes. Says the Gemara Toshma, come and listen. Let's see if that opinion of Rabbah, who's an Amira, can hold water. Shnei Achim Pichim. You have two brothers. They're both Pichim. Nesuen, Shnei Now these two brothers. One brother chose to marry a pikachas, and the other brother married a deaf mute. Okay. Meis pikeach balachareshes. Now, again, both brothers are pichim. So the husband of the chareshes passed away. Ma yase pikeach bal pikachas. What should the other husband do? So let's, let's see what the circumstances are now. You have one couple. They're bo- he's a pikeach, she's a pikachas. They're both alive and kicking. You have a widow who's a chareshes. Her original husband, however, was a pikeach. Says the brisa, kindness. Let the pikeach, the brother who's there, do yibum. He should take her in. Now, if we're taking her in, that means we're assuming you should not do chalitza, right? Take her in. And then you could divorce her. Because again, you cannot do chalitza. Now again, what was Rob's original opinion? 
You could do chalitza on somebody who's always been a chareshah. So over here by saying, we already see what the question on him is going to be. What the proof against him is going to be. Over here we say, the only option is no chalitza, only you. What if the pikeach was one who died? What should the pikeach, the husband of the deaf mute, do? He could do what he wants. My love, you know why he can do what he wants? That's very simple. Because the woman falling to him is a pikachas, and he's a pikeach, so there's no problem. There's no issue whatsoever. Right? They both have the same mental, complete mental capacity. So do yibmer chalitza. My love, my hupikeach meikara, hanami chares meikara, and still vikatani kainis in chalitz loy. We seems to imply do chalitza without, do yibum without chalitza. Says the Gemara, no, me the area hakadisa vakadisa. Not necessarily, same answer. Maybe we're dealing with a woman who wasn't always a chareshes. Maybe she used to be a pikeach, became a chareshes. You don't know that. Fine. So still, Rabbah's sticking to his guns. And he's holding, you're allowed to do chalitza to a woman who's always been a chareshes. We try bringing two brises. Look, you got to do yibam and then divorce. No chalitza. Yeah. Wrong. Wrong. That's not talking about chalitza maker. All right, let's try again. That's a challenging question. Let's say there's two brothers. One's a bikeach and one's a deaf mute. Ready? In all the, previous, the two previous brises, the two wives weren't related at all. So we didn't have to deal with any of that. But here's what happened. One's a bikeach, one's a chareshes. They married two sisters. So now we have this added dimension of Yibum, you now will be married to two sisters, okay? So they married two sisters, Achas Pikachas Vachas Chareshes. One's a Pikach, and one's a Chareshes. Now again, so now what I have is like this. You have an older brother marrying an older sister. They're both mentally competent, they're Pikach. Younger brother marrying younger sister, they're both deaf-mute. Fine. The younger deaf-mute brother died. Now, I'm just making up older. Younger doesn't matter. The younger deaf-mute brother dies. So now you have a widow who's a deaf-mute falling in Yibam to her sister's husband. Is there any reason why there should be Yibam here? No. Right? There's no reason why you should be Yibam. Again, you have a deaf-mute woman falling to her sister's husband who are totally mentally sound. There's no issue. So, right, there's no issue in their marriage. So what she's your wife's sister, and there's not... Huh? She goes out. That's right. What do you do? Nothing. You don't need Yibam. You don't need Chalitza. She's not a Yavama. What is she to the Pikeach? She's my wife's sister. My wife's sister doesn't fall to me in Yibam. Okay. Now how about the flip side? Let's, before we read it inside, let's think about this. Again, what happened? You have a pikeach married to a pikachas. They're totally fine. The younger brother, younger sister are both deaf mutes. Let's say the older pikeach were to die. So now you have a widow who's a pikachas Falling in Yibam to the younger brother who's a Cherish. Now remember, her sister's married to him, but only rabbinically. Because she's a Cherishes. So the question is, does that Zika now take a place? Of a biblical bond, right? You now have a biblical Zika coming in from this Pikachas to the Cherish. So let's see what we do here. Let's say he, the, the Pikeach died, and now I have a Pikachas woman falling to a Cheresh brother-in-law who's only married rabbinically to her sister. What should he do? He should divorce his wife, the Cheresh's, with a get to break that rabbinic marriage. He's actually obligated to. You know why? Because there's, his wife can't stay with him anymore because she, he has a biblical bond to her sister. You understand? That as soon as there's a biblical bond to her sister, he's obligated, he's not allowed to be with her anymore. Because now she 
his current wife becomes your Zik Achai Zikasai, the sister of your biblical Zika. The Eishas Achiv Asura La'ilam. And his brother's wife is usher to him forever. Why? So this is interesting. What we're going to say is, because we're still going to say that Midrabanan, since you were married to, your, to her sister, you cannot marry her either. So interestingly, again, what are we saying over here? This is incredible. You have an older brother and older sister, they're Pichim. Younger brother, younger sister are Cherish. The older Pikeach dies, as soon as he dies, the younger couple needs to get divorced. Because he can no longer stay with his wife. You were only rabbinically connected. You now have a biblical bond to her sister. Ay, 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 You got it. That's it. All right? The marriage has to end. Now, Hachanami, and if you're going to tell me this case of this price is, the case was, where first you were B'Keach, and then she became a deaf mute. Would we say that you got to divorce the wife? Ready for this? Listen to this, Chavar. This is amazing. Let's say the Cheresh, the younger couple, let's say she wasn't always a Chereshes. Let's say she used to be a Pikachas. You hear this? If she used to be a Pikachas and became a Chereshes, would we say you need to get divorced? Vatanamba, we learned in the Mishnah. Listen to this. This Charsha, you have a woman who became a deaf mute, Yaitzi, then he could give her a divorce, Nishtatis. But let's say she became a fool. She became a shaita. She went mamish. Right? A deaf mute has some element of mental capacity, just limited when it comes to um, when it comes to transactions. If she's a shaita, then la yaitzi. Okay, he's uh, he's not allowed to divorce her. Not allowed to divorce her. The rabbanon say that you know you can't leave a woman high and dry. Uh, just like that. Just because she got sick, you can't leave her high and dry. Nisharesh hu aynishtato. Let's say he became a deaf mute or he went meshuga. So there's no get. There's no husband to give a get. So the case has to be where she was a cherish meikara. Okay? Because over here, there's an ability to divorce. If it would have happened afterwards, there wouldn't be the ability to divorce. And since the case of these two sisters are talking about where she originally was a deaf mute as well, let's say the case where the two brothers married two random wives and they weren't related also, they were also originally and what did we say by these women? Kindness in Chaylet's lie. Incredible. Again, we're back to a question on Rabbah. You see from over here that a Yavam is not allowed to have Chalitza with, uh, with the Chareshes, which is an argument on Rabbah. And disagrees on Rabbah. So guess what happened? Ishtik. So Rabbah, Rabbah was quiet. Rabbah was quiet. Okay. Now here's the problem. What does silence mean? When somebody asks a question and you're quiet, what does it mean? You agree. So, so this, we'll call it sugya, this topic, this whole incident, came in front of Rabbi Yosef. And Amar Lehi, Rabbi Yosef said, My time tusve meha. Why did you ask a uprooting question from here? Meaning, he was challenging Abaye. You know, you think you have a strong question on Rabbah, and Rabbah was quiet. Let me tell you something. It's not even a strong question. Really, Rabbah could answer you. Your whole approach is assumption. Listen, if by the case they were, uh, you know, they've always been uh, so too by the Nachriyas, if it's by the Nachriyas, we say you got to do. Uh, you know, you got to do uh, Bia and Achalitza, the same thing must be true by the sisters. Rabbi could have said, how do you know? That's just an assumption, just an inference. Maybe the case of the uh, Achayais and the Nachriyais are different. He could have answered that. Rather, so he's answering up this question basically on behalf of Rabbi. And he's saying Rabbi's silence doesn't necessarily mean that he's agreeing. Maybe he's just like, eh, I'm not dealing with this question. But Rav Yosef says, I got a better question on Rabbi. Lay uh, um, Ella, rather, you could knock him out of the ballpark 
Now you could knock him out of the out of the woods with the following idea. We have two brothers, they're both deaf mutes. They marry two healthy sisters. So the two sisters are deaf mutes. Or you have these two deaf mutes, one marries a pikachas, one marries a chareshes. And if the two sisters are deaf mutes, two brothers are, are okay. Or they marry two brothers who are deaf mutes. Anyway, no matter how you break down who's a pikeach, who's a chareshes, both yeah, both no. In all these cases, you are putter from... Chalitza, and you are putter from Yibum. Okay? Now, in order to say this, you have to say that even though some of these relationships are rabbinic and some are biblical, ultimately, everything is done al-das the Rabbanon anyway. And since everything's done al-das the Rabbanon, it doesn't matter. If there's any sort of Araya standing in the way, the whole thing's out the window. But if they were nachrias, so there's no issue of achaisisha. So then they can marry them, or they should marry them. And afterwards, you can get divorced. Now, what's the case? Maybe you tell me the case is where first the brothers were mentally competent at the time that they got married. And then they become deaf mute. Are we going to say you're allowed to give a get? Can somebody who's a deaf mute give a get? But we learned in the Mishnah, let's say she becomes a shaita. There can't be a get. Let's say he became a shaita or a deaf mute. Also there's no get. So, so what are we saying about a get over here? What's, what's, what's the case? Rather the case must be. They've been deaf mutes the whole time. The assumption is, if they've been deaf-mutes, if, when we're talking about them as deaf-mutes, it must be when we're talking about the women, they're also been deaf-mutes. And we said, if they're not related, and, and uh, you should do yibam and then divorce. Which means, that is going to be a strong question on Rabbah, says Rabbi Yosef, to which the Gemara responds, you're right, that's knocks Rabbah out of the ballpark. Rabba is wrong. The halacha is you cannot do chalitza on a chareshes. Whether she's became a chareshes, whether she's always been a chareshes, you cannot do chalitza. Rabba said you could on a chareshes meikara. This proves that he's wrong. Rabba cannot argue on a brisa. Period. End of that gemara. Okay. Then we said in the Mishnah, two dots. Ketana v'chareshes v'chulu. If let's say he was married to a, one, one wife was a katana and one wife was a charesh. This was interesting, right? Because the Mishnah said, if you're married to two katanim or two chare, you know, or two uh, deaf mutes, so all you need to do is do um, yibam on one, the other one's fine, right? You're off the hook. But if one was a katana and one was a charesh, yes. ah, so doing chalitz or yibam on one is not going to fully impact the other. We want to know why. Here we go. I found Ravada Baraba, and a son in law of Akvasa. They were the Yosve, they were sitting, and um, they were making a mikveh. You know what a mikveh is? The, a mikveh is a, a, a gathering of water. So they were, you know, they're making everybody, bringing people together. Bishuka de Pompadisa in the Shuk of Pompadisa. Meaning they were talking and learning and a crowd started to gather around them. Okay. The Amri, and they said, Hadatan, this learned in a Mishnah, Katana Vikareshes. If let's say he was married to a katana and a kharashes, in biakas sarasa. The bi of one of them doesn't patter up the tsara, she doesn't go free. Bayibum, Hani Mili, Dinofale me achiv pikeach. That's only when the brother who passed away was a pikeach. We don't know who he was more nayach to in his marriage, which is very interesting. We have to explain this. But it means who the brother who passed away felt was more his primary wife. Now, if he was more into the katana, we'll call him, to asya lechlaudeya, so why would he be more? Into, why was the why would the katana be more his primary wife? Because one day she'll grow up, one day she'll get older, 
nobody gets younger. Nature makes you get older. Another mice with Rebbe Kivager. It's well known Rebbe Kivager's daughter married the Chassam Seifer on his uh, on his second marriage, I think, second or third marriage. Married Rebbe Kivager's daughter, and for some reason they didn't really see each other till the Chasna. They wrote letters. They didn't actually see each other. So, but the Allah is you have to see each other before the actual chuppah, right? So, right before the chuppah, she the chasam cipher. So she says to her father, he says, he looks old. So Rabbi Vega said, get cracking. He's getting older every minute. Yeah, if you wait a minute, he'll be a minute older. <laughs> you know, get going. So nobody's getting younger. So he marries a katana. He's more nechiter. Why? Because one day she'll be a, she'll be a gadela. So that's, that's one, you know, that's, that's one approach. Maybe he's more into the Chareshes. Because Lamaisa, she's already done. Maybe, granted, she's deaf. Granted, she's mute. But she's already fit for Bia. Right? There's a certain maturity that comes along with not only physical maturity, but just being alive, right? That makes her more, more into her. So, Avonafla me'achiv cherish. But let's say... Um, the this katana and chareshes are widows of a cherish. We're going to assume that if he's a deaf mute, he was more necha automatically to the deaf mute wife. They're similar type, similar style, and therefore relations the beer with with the chareshes would actually remove. The Kitana. The Amina Luana, but I said, Yeah, even in that case, we would be in doubt. The Mamela, you know, uh, we're going to, we're going to uh, obligate each one to be handled, we're going to obligate each one to be handled uh, separately. Okay. Now, says the Gemara, Kate So what do we do now? What do you do? We have a katana, you have a chareshes, Amr of Chistam Arav, Kainis a chareshes, Here's what you do. The Yavam should marry the chareshes. So now you have a full marriage, because you can't do chalitza on her, because you can't say the psukim, you can't do a proper chalitza. So you marry her, and then give her a get. This way you did all your mitzvahs properly. You did, a, you did your mitzvah of Bia, you did Yibam, and then get. You don't need her to say anything. Everything's done 100%. Ukatana, what about the katana? We gotta handle her separately. We should wait till she becomes a gedayla, okay? And then we're going to do chalitza. Because now that she's a gedayla, she has the das. Um, Rav Chista. Rav Chista says, now Rav Chista was quoting Ravanus. So now says Rav Chista, Shma you can learn from this statement of Rav that I just quoted. Kosova Rav, Rav must be of the opinion, Chareshes Kenuya Umishuyeres, that whenever you marry a Chareshes, she is acquired, however, Mishuyeres. There's an acquisition, but it's not full. There's Shirayim here. There's leftovers, like She'eris Hapleta. Right? There's, left, there's remnants. There's something lacking in the acquisition that's still out there and available. Kitana kanuya ve'ena kanuya. And when you make an acquisition on a kitana, there's more of a suffix. By a chareshes, it's not a suffix. You acquired her, but it's not a complete acquisition. By a katana, we're, we have a suffix. Like, we don't know. We don't know. Kanuya ve'ena kanuya. It's got to be like this. It must be that Rav holds that Cherish and Ketana, each one, even though they're both rabbinic, they're both functioning differently. Why? Because if you're going to say Cherishes, that even by a deaf mute, Kenuya ve'ena Kenuya, we're just in doubt. Ketana Kenuya Mishueres, and by a Ketana, maybe there's an acquisition where something's left over. Cherishes and my kindness might see a baguette. So why would we say that the Yavam should marry the Chareshes and then give her a get. Why would he say it? Top of tomorrow's daf. Rather, what should we say? We should say that she could stay with him either way. You know what the Memonovshach is? Here we go. If a Chareshes, you could acquire her. So, you already acquired her. 
or you're acquiring her now. It doesn't matter. In other words, no matter what you do with her, no matter what you do with her, she's your yavam or you're making an acquisition. The ilav kanu yahi, and if we say that a chareshes never was with the first husband, so is she your sister-in-law? Hanachris ba'amahu. She's a regular woman who was never married to your brother and he, let him have relations with her and don't obligate the divorce. So you see from here, from the fact that Rab says you need to divorce her, it must be that he has a doubt about a katana, but he doesn't have a doubt about the chareshes. The chite, whenever you're going to say, katana, my why would we wait for the katana? To, to, uh, to become a gedayla and then do chalitza, tesev gabei, you should allow her, you should allow her to stay with him. Why? Because we'll say that f- have relations with the katana. Don't have relations with the, with the with the chareshes. Have relations with the katana. And now it's going to be stick with him. There's no problem. Why? Because he knuyahi, If she was your brother's wife, so she's your wife, and there's no problem. Have relations with her, she's your wife. You don't have to wait for anything. Ilav Kanuyahi. And if your brother was never married to her, also Nachriya is Baalmahi. So now she's still not your sister-in-law. But why the Maisa, what do we say? You gotta wait till she becomes a Gadaila. Why'd Rav say you gotta wait till she becomes a Gadaila? It must be what we're saying. Says the Gemara, one second. If this is true by a chareshes, you know what? This is going to go on for a little bit. Let's hold it here. We're going to pick up again from M.K. We'll start from M.K. tomorrow. We'll actually go back to the bottom of Amr Beis and Mirz Hashem and we'll, uh, we'll restart this conversation about the difference between a chareshes and a katana. We'll hold it here for tonight. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Tomorrow, 9.30 a.m. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.